Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Dream. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness one guest at a time. Welcome, everyone, to Awaken the Dream Radio. Tonight is February the 26th, 2013. It is Out of Illusion, Into Love, Truth Prevails with Mark Paseo. But before that, I'm your co-host, Dr. Dream, and my most incredible, dedicated, point-on-in-her-mission co-host is... Laura Eisenhower. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Dream? You know, I'm doing good considering that I just literally in the last 20 minutes arrived from Northern California. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here this evening. How was your trip? My trip was incredible. The last two weekends I have probably driven um, 40 hours or so, a good portion of that with my daughter Maya. We had wonderful bonding times and then lots of sessions this past weekend up in San Jose and uh, Mendocino County and Mountain View and um, really enjoying the the energies up there. I'm really enjoying the energies wherever I am. So all good on my end. What about you? What's um, I I know while I've been gone, you came through the other side of your um, uh, process of putting together everything for Exo University, a very exciting project of yours. Yep, and I'm working on uh, more of that and just a lot of presentations to put together for the next year. So lots of amazing information, a lot of uh, new pieces put together. Um, It's just been an incredible process and just so much clarity and really just just really digging deep and really excited. It's it's like an archaeological dig, so I'm enjoying it. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. And um, just give the folks a little bit of information, what you're doing with Exo University, how many videos, how much content, because this is this is really new for you because it's, um, you know, most of the presentations that you do, you're always adding things to, but it's it's kind of, you know, based on the information that's there. Well, this is 12 different um videos of all different information. Is that right? Yes. Uh, uh, there's going to be a video a month, uh, about an hour and a half, 90-minute videos. And it just pretty much walks one through the whole creation story on multidimensional levels, from you know, the physical to the ethereal to you know, other worlds, and really just you know, the story uh, that we're experiencing on many, many, many levels so that we can you know, just really uh, – just heal ourselves on many levels because we've been passed down so many archetypal imprints and patternings that we need to identify so that we can bring them back into wholeness. And uh, so I'm just, yeah, really pulling it apart and putting it back together so that we have a really good understanding um, and just, yeah, the deeper dynamics of it all. So it's, it's just, it's like my presentations, but um, really because, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because usually I only have like an hour and a half when I do the presentations, and I always realize that with one slide or two slides, I could go on for four or five hours. So 
I've always wanted to do a project like this because it gives me a chance to really just expand and go into major detail and, you know, take it to levels that I haven't had the opportunity to, you know, perhaps when I was writing my book. Um, but, yeah, now it's just going to be a lot more available, and um, I'm excited. I, I really am. It's, it's just a great opportunity. So that's really what I've been up to, and I continue to just uh, take it as far as I can go. And you do. And these are most certainly exciting times that we're in. There's no lack of energetics um, for us to be sort of managing ourselves within. And that is, in my mind, the perfect segue to Laura's astrological forecast for the week. <laughs> well, we know that we just had a full moon, and it's really polarized because of the fact that, you know, the sun is in Pisces and the moon is in um, Virgo. So we're also getting a conjunction with uh, the sun and Neptune, and then Venus is showing up, and that'll be tomorrow. So people will really start to feel just a wave of good, good, positive energy coming in to ease maybe anything that's been feeling a little bit scattered um, and just kind of uh, splintered and fragmented where our thoughts can kind of play tricks on us and make things more exaggerated than they need to be. It's Neptune's very much like wearing rose-colored glasses or having filters that cause us to see things in their worst form when in actual fact they're not as bad as we think. So it's, it's a high time to really be creative and to shift the energies. And uh, when Venus shows up tomorrow, it's going to assist us because it just puts us in a vibration of love, which helps us to fill all those holes or empty spaces that we get lost in with, with some really good stuff. So I, I think tomorrow's going to be a great day. And, you know, really just to bask in it a little bit. There's also a lot of activity uh, today with uh, Mars and Mercury with the North Node. So people might feel a burst of insight into just really what they want to do with themselves on a higher level, you know, in service to the greater good of humanity and our planetary body. Um, so, yeah, lots of good stuff this week. Nothing um, of a major warning except Saturn mixed with uh, Neptune, which is kind of a theme, makes it so that we can really ground and anchor, you know, our visions and dreams. And so we're challenged to be able to sort of fit it into the practical world, but we're being asked to expand ourselves beyond, you know, what we see in our reality in order to infuse matter and the physical with a lot of really high vibration. And so we want to make sure that, you know, our, our unconscious selves and just the parts of us that sort of fall into patterns um, are cleared so that we're manifesting just more clarity rather than more um, of those patterns that can just really sabotage. And they're just very habitual. You know, we don't realize how much we uh, can, you know, fall into all that stuff. <clears throat> but it's just really good to pay attention. I love it. I love your astrological forecast. It is so incredibly helpful. And just a reminder for everyone, if you're not currently getting our newsletter, which has the extended astrological forecast from Laura, please go to CosmicGaiaSophia.com or TourOfLove.com or HealthyFamilyNow.com and sign up um, for our weekly newsletter. Lots of um, really good things in there. And, um, yeah, I mean, just in relation to, to what you were just talking about, um, and I, I mentioned it um, in the introduction to the newsletter this week, 
um, you know, so many of the sessions that we're having right now have to do with people um, really standing in their power and it's showing up as um, needing to set boundaries and be firm with them. Um, and, and it's just to me when I'm watching, and it may be just the people that are attracted into our realm and our um, sessions and things like that, but what I'm seeing is people really reaching for their own personal empowerment, really getting centered and finding their empowerment, which has to do with going around and like taking your power back from the people, the governments, the organizations, the whatever we've been giving our power away to. So definitely exciting times. Yeah, boundaries are huge, especially with all this Neptune stuff, because it's easy to just absorb everything around us and to just really open ourselves up. It just makes us very vulnerable. So, yeah, it's really important to just have boundaries and to just you know what your limitations are and to really cut out the things in one's life that just really aren't working and not to compromise anymore. Just, yeah, standing in your power is everything right now. This is just really what this new paradigm is about. And so many exciting things in the news. I mean, hopefully, you know, a lot will come from it. But just with the Pope, and uh, I just saw that article with the Queen um, being held accountable in the courts. Uh, so so let's hope that um, something really comes out of this because uh, it's time for justice. And it's been time for justice for, you know, thousands of years. But now um, – it looks like humanity is really just ready to see what has been beneath the curtain and what's been hiding, and, and now it's time to just pull it out and put it out there and, and inform the masses and, and uh, yeah. yeah, give them what they deserve. I love it. I love all of this right now, and it just feels like we're riding the wave. And um, certainly lots of excitement and riding the wave tonight. Well, I am That's so right. thrilled that we have Mark Paseo on the show. I had the pleasure of meeting Mark two years ago at the last Free Your Mind conference, and his information blew me away, and so did Mark as a being. He has such an interesting story, and he is such a profound advocate for our planet and for the return of the divine feminine energies, and has such a deep insight into how this energy within both men and women has been targeted, exiled, and misrepresented. And in general, he has a deep awareness in regards to pretty much every manipulation that humanity is experiencing. He is brilliant, and he goes in depth into the most crucial subjects, and he works tirelessly to assist humanity in their awakening. Mark is an independent researcher, a public speaker, a radio talk show host, a conference organizer, and freedom activist from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He has undertaken the task of assembling vast amounts of research in the areas of metaphysics, occultism, spirituality, symbology, and consciousness studies. In 2007, Mark began presenting this information in the form of a presentation series entitled What on Earth is Happening? with the the intention of bringing the implications of this body of knowledge to greater public awareness. In 2010, he began hosting his own weekly Internet show called What on Earth is Happening? And he is one of the co-hosts of Free Your Mind, the Philadelphia-based conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. I'm so grateful and uh, just thrilled to be a part of that conference and so happy to have Mark here. Thank you so much for coming. Hi, Mark. Laura, Dr. Dream, thank you so much for having me on your fine program today. Oh, welcome. We're just, we really are thrilled to have you. I've got to say, um, this this name and and the banner, sort of the umbrella that you're under of of what on earth is happening, 
I absolutely love. And so normally my first question would be something along the lines of, give us a little bit about your background and this and that, but I want to jump right in, Mark. What on earth is happening? Well, whenever I'm asked that question, I always answer it usually in the same way, and I tell people that mind control is what is happening. And it's uh, mind control to keep us in a limited state of awareness so that we do not uh, move forward on our progression in consciousness and in um, the awakening to the nature of reality. And uh, that mind control is what needs to be broken uh, on the part of the people of this planet if we are going to move forward in evolutionary progress in consciousness. So when I say what on earth is happening, people will notice there's no question mark at the end of it. This is an effort. This is an attempt to uh, try to explain to people what is in fact taking place so that they could actually come out of that trance uh, state that is um, held there through the different uh, methods, the various uh, methodologies of manipulation of the human psyche. And uh, they can actually uh, activate themselves to uh, um, go forward and uh, get out of that controlled state of mind so that they can actually make a true difference in our world and uh, help true freedom to uh, be manifested here on Earth. <laughs> That's awesome. I love this so far. We're off to a, to a, to a rolling start. So, Mark, just... I mean, the, the immediate follow-up is, you know, mind control? Wh what mind control? What's going on? Sure. There's so many different methodologies of mind control. I, I spent about a year and a half uh, covering them all on uh, my uh, former radio show. Uh, and um, I'm gonna, I, you know, continue to have a, a podcast uh, on my website, whatonearthishappening.com, where I break down these methods and help people to understand how we are constantly being manipulated. The mind is constantly being worked upon by uh, the, the powers that be in this world. Uh, people who for thousands of years have understood uh, how the human psyche works, how it is organized and structured, what the deep underlying motivations within the psyche of mankind are, and how to actually manipulate that knowledge to their benefit. This is what all occulted knowledge is ultimately about. When you when people say the, hear the word occult, it dredges up very negative connotations in their mind because of one of the methodologies of mind control, which is obfuscation, the obfuscation of the true definitions of words and, and language. This is something that I've uh, stressed from day one, that if we don't understand the, the real definitions of the words we speak, we're uh, very easy uh, to manipulate. The word occult simply means hidden. That's all it means. It comes from the Latin occultare, a verb that means to hide, to conceal, or, or to keep secret. So occult knowledge, I, I have been attempting to explain to people, has nothing to do with uh, evil on its face by definition. It can be used for evil because this hidden knowledge is actually being used as a power differential. See, a knowledge differential when you have people who are in a state of such ego that they accumulate knowledge, hoard it, and then keep it sequestered from the rest of the population because they know that if they understand this information about how the psyche works and they can keep that from other people, they can gain a tremendous tactical power uh, advantage over the people who are kept in ignorance as to how the mind truly works. And that's all occultism is in general, whether it be used for, for good or ill. Positive occultism I look at as people who are taking that knowledge and then helping 
people to understand higher laws that are at work, helping people to understand the deeper levels of the self and the human psyche so that they can empower themselves. What I look at myself as is a de-occultist, someone who is trying to take that which has been hidden, bring it out into the light of day, explain to people how this all works, so that information can act as, uh, one, a, um, a shield, a, a means of defense against all of these various methodologies of, of mental manipulation that are being used against us on a daily basis in our everyday lives. And two, to actually uh, uh, help to empower individuals and understand the higher self so that they can step into that higher level of awareness and step into true courage and true action. So that's uh, that's ultimately what I mean by mind control and how to get out of mind control. I go over all the solutions as well on how to defeat these various methods of manipulation and get out of the uh, low vibratory state that they hold us in on a day-to-day basis. And that's so well put. You have a lot of really amazing things to share about natural law. Can you tell us a little bit about your take on natural law and how it contrasts with the law of man? Sure. And this is this is the most important material that I think that I cover. And again, people, uh, I always recommend to them, go up to my website, move forward from pod, podcast number one. It's so uh, powerful. Uh, it's such powerful information, but it's in the form of a tapestry, a linear tapestry. In other words, you have to have the prerequisite information first before some of the later information makes sense. So that's what I encourage people to do. Check out the podcasts from number one and then move your way forward and a clear picture will emerge in the form of that tapestry that I speak about. So um, natural law, uh, the first thing that people uh, usually think when they hear the term natural, because again, it is another um, target. The word natural is a target for the manipulators. They they want to obfuscate that word as much as possible. So we uh, the way I start explaining natural law is simply by breaking down the words themselves from the very beginning. The word natural does not mean has zero, and I want to emphasize this very strongly, it has zero to do with the notion of the Darwinian natural order. This is where most people's mind goes to. Now, I know some people's mind doesn't go to that place, but most people, their mind goes to that place of the Darwinian natural order as it is put forward in the theory of Darwinism, that uh, the, the lion is going to eat you know, uh, the... the, the um, uh, smaller jungle animal. Okay, it's going to go on the hunt, and the, the the animal with the sharpest claws, the biggest teeth, and the nastiest disposition comes out on top and uh, wins and devours those who are uh, less physically strong than than that animal. Uh, this notion of the natural order is absolutely the antithesis of the way I am using the term natural, and especially the term natural law. It has nothing whatsoever to do with the Darwinian theory of the, the natural order. Okay, So um, having set that aside, uh, let's look at the term natural. Natural um, actually comes from the Egyptian language, the ancient Egyptian language, when Egypt was referred to as chem. Okay, the Kamishan language had a term in it called netter. Netter meant spirit. It meant God or spirit. So if we put the term netter, netter is what the term natural is based upon. Netter all. All 
in, in Egyptian and other ancient languages is the root word for light. So the, the light of spirit, neter all, or you could just use the English, the way it, the, the, the um, suffix al has come down in English, it's um, very uh, uh, synonymous, or it, is, uh, it, it sounds the same as all, a-l-l. Okay, so neter all, the all spirit, everything is spirit, or you could look at it in the term light as well, A-L, the, one of the roots for the word light. So you could look at it as all, uh, or the spirit of the light, all is light, all is spirit, the spirit of the light, any combination of those that you want to look at this, this is the actual meaning of the word natural, it means that everything is spirit. And the word law, uh, in contra contrast to the changing whims of um, political bosses in any particular geographic region, I'm not using the term law in the sense of man-made laws that change uh, depending on time, place, circumstance, and the whims of those who are writing down these quote-unquote laws with a lowercase l. The term law I'm using in the, term, in, in the sense of capital L law or higher law, or you could simply look at it as scientifically based laws, okay? Existing conditions which are both binding and immutable. They are in place. They bind the conditions. We are bound by them, meaning we cannot break them. There is no way to break these laws um, uh, in our um, current human form. We are bound by them whether we want to be bound by them or not. They are something that are in inherent to the uh, creation of the universe. So the word natural Going back to that, has, it means having a basis in reality and truth. It means that it, natural means inherent. It's not caused by humans. It's not made by humans. Okay, It's something that is already in existence, already in creation, and man didn't put it there. The word law, again, is conditions that are binding and immutable. Okay, and now immutable means it cannot, they cannot be changed. It doesn't make a difference whether we don't like that they're in effect. Okay, people may not enjoy gravity being in effect and things falling or not being able to step off of a building and just take off and fly. But nonetheless, these are laws that are in effect while we're here on earth and they bind our actions. If, if you do step off a building, you will fall. That's a law. It's not a suggestion. It's, it's a condition that is there. It's in place. It's binding and it's immutable. It can't be changed by human beings because human beings didn't put the law of gravity into effect. A force within creation put that law into effect. So now when we put these together, the term natural law, and again, I am also not using this in the sense of however any former philosopher or thinker has used the term. So if you want to go back to some ancient uh, uh, older philosophers like, like Locke or, or even older than that like Aquinas, they had their notions of what natural law was. And even today, natural law is used in some political uh, discussions and in some political philosophies. I am not talking about natural law in those senses either. I'm talking about natural law in a cosmic sense. Therefore, I've begun to prefer moving even away from the term natural law and helping people to understand this better as cosmic spiritual law, universal spiritual law that is present throughout the entire cosmos that is put there by the creator of the universe 
or the force that you look at as the creator of the universe, the force of creation itself, if you will, however anyone prefers to look at that force. So these are cosmic laws that are all about what happens when we make certain choices for behaviors, when we put um, energies into manifestation through our actions. Okay, So this is about causal factors that actually um, determine what is going to manifest itself in our shared reality. That's what natural law is about. As a working definition, I usually give people uh, the, 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 the definition that what you, uh, natural law is, is universal, meaning present everywhere throughout all creation, non-man-made, Okay, it's it's inherent to creation. They're not made by any beings in the in the flesh, in the three dimensional flesh. Okay, so it's it's non um, uh, physically made by physical beings, uh, binding conditions and conditions that are immutable, that are unchangeable by anyone in the physical universe in our physical reality, and these conditions are what ultimately govern the consequences of our behaviors that we choose through our free will choices. So what I'm attempting, have been attempting to do uh, in, in, a, in an explanation uh, over the, the years of what natural law actually is and how uh, through our choices, uh, natural law is bringing to us the, the manifested reality that we experience, is I'm actually attempting to break down and help people to come out of two schisms, if you will. It's a schism of worldview. I call this the worldview schism. There's two overarching dominant worldviews that um, are present in the vast majority of the human species, in the vast majority of people's minds. Uh, more people on the earth than not subscribe to one of these two uh, worldviews. One of them is what I would call a left-brained worldview, and one of them is what I would call a right-brained worldview. And I would, I would also say that these are both imbalanced worldviews. One is very based upon left-brain chronic imbalance, and one is based upon chronic right-brain hemispherical imbalance in the brain. And these two worldviews compete against each other, but neither of them are true, and both of them continue to divide the human species into camps that can ultimately be controlled. And what people need to understand is that there's, tr there's truths based in both of these worldviews, which I'll get into in a moment, but by themselves, they are not true. There is actually um, the, 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 the real truth of the matter when it comes to natural law is that there is a deterministic component and a randomness component. So these two worldviews are determinism and randomness. Randomness, I'll start with, and this is the idea that there is no purpose to anything. Existence is purposeless because the universe was some kind of a grand cosmic accident that happened for no reason. Okay, This is the randomness worldview. And there is no such thing as an underlying intelligence that is inherent in nature. So there is no design, there is no um, uh, universal intelligence or universal mind. There is no such thing as um, 
true natural law that, that was put into existence that actually is a uh, boundary condition for behavior. In other words, uh, uh, governing, governing um, dynamics that ultimately bring us our experience through our free will choices. So this is a very sick worldview. It's a very a low vibratory energy, um, imbalanced worldview that is a result of a very imbalanced, chronically imbalanced left brain hemisphere. I, I tell people that this worldview is the hallmarks of both atheism and scientism. Not true science, but scientism. Science as a religion. Okay, people who are very, very trapped in the left brain often take this randomness worldview, and uh, that's their that's their idea of what the world is, and it's a very empty, cold, um, meaningless place to exist. And if you buy into that, you'll buy into a lot of other things about how the what should go on in the world. And uh, you know, this is a, a slippery slope into totalitarianism and total control. And eugenics, even when people believe that, because if there is nothing that binds or governs behavior, then anything goes, and we get to make up whatever truth is, we get to make up whatever morality is, we get to make up anything. There's no such thing as right and wrong, etc. Now, the opposite worldview to this uh, left brain imbalance worldview is determinism. A deterministic worldview has the following characteristics that every single event in creation is already predetermined. It is already preordained. All occurrences that manifest are preordained and known by, uh, if you want to look at it as God or a creative force or a creative intelligence, before it ever even occurs. So according to this worldview, there is no such thing as free will. Free will does not exist. That everything is robotic and everything is just a, a, a rote behavior that no one can actually change. Change is totally impossible. Uh, attempting to do any action other than what is preordained is meaningless because it's already set in stone. And I, I tell people that these are the hallmarks, this worldview of determinism are the hallmarks of religious extremism and an extreme right-brained hemispherical imbalance in the human psyche. What we need to understand is that there's truth to both of these components that there is a deterministic component to creation, mm -hmm. and that there is a randomness component to creation. The deterministic component to creation is natural law. The un, um, unescapable, binding, and unchangeable or immutable conditions that actually govern the consequences of behavior. Behaviors which are taken according to the randomness component of creation, which is free will. All beings, at least intelligent beings, have free will. They are not bound by just the electrochemical interactions in the brain. They can choose the behaviors that they will take. Free will is the randomness component to, to creation. And when we put these together, we, we can have a better understanding of what natural law in its totality actually is. It's governing conditions. It's, it's governing dynamics. And what is being governed is the, the choices, the consequences of the choices that we make through free will. So... 
there is natural law in place. Okay, there's laws that are going to give us the result of what we choose, but we are ultimately determining what we will get because we have free will to choose the behaviors that we're going to undertake. And this is good news because it means that we are, through our free will choices, are actually creating, we are co-creating our reality by the choices that we make and then ultimately the behaviors that we take. And this is what is the entire thing that I've been attempting to explain to people for years now is how this whole process functions. And uh, the podcasts that I've done on natural law are a good place to start. I'm actually getting ready to start to move into um, physical seminars where people show up and there'll be intensive seminars to explain all the interactions of how natural law operates in our lives and how we can align ourselves with these boundary conditions, with these governing dynamics, or in other words, with higher laws mm -hmm. of creation, the unseen laws of the cosmos. So this is exactly where I wanted you to go with it, and so I'm glad I didn't interrupt or interject anywhere. So from just just bring it right now down to the most practical aspect of this, and you can relate it to how you live your life um, with this information. How is it guiding you? How how is it affecting um, you in creating your reality and adjusting it and fine tuning it? Sure. Well, you know, the, the first thing that has to be uh, almost completely tossed away when it comes to this is, is belief. And people will have a hard time with that one, and they don't like hearing that because this has nothing to do with religious belief at all. It has nothing to do with belief at all. When, when you say a, a law that exists in the cosmos, like let's take gravity or let's take magnetism, for example, your belief is not required uh, this law is in effect regardless of whether you believe in it, whether you understand it even. It's not, it's not determined on your, upon your understanding. It operates whether you understand it or not, whether you believe in it or not, whether you want it to be that way or not. So people um, will often say, well, that's your opinion or your belief. And I just simply answer, no, it is not. Gravity is not my opinion or belief. Opinions are about what colors I like, uh, what foods I enjoy, what kind of music I happen to uh, appreciate, uh, the kind of art that I prefer. These are opinions. These are, these are likes, dislikes, preferences. This has nothing to do with likes, dislikes, preferences, or opinions. It's either you understand it and know how it operates, and then you can align yourself with those laws, or you don't get it, and you're going to be creating things that are going to create enormous suffering, not only for you, but for others. So it's, take the example of gravity. Again, if someone who had existed in a zero-G environment were suddenly put into the Earth atmosphere, and they had no idea what gravity was because they always simply existed in space, uh, again, a hypothetical example, they wouldn't understand that if they walked off of a cliff, that they could not just float and suspend in space. That, would have, that law would have to be explained to them. They would have to see uh, the physical consequences, perhaps maybe drop some fragile objects or drop some dummies off of the, you know, uh, uh, crash test dummies or something like that off of the cliff and let them see the consequences of what this law will do if it is ignored. And um, 
that's what, how we really have to uh, align ourselves with it, through observation. Again, these are physical laws. They're just unseen physical laws. They're unseen by human beings. They determine what happens in the physical reality that we live in through our choices. So they create the conditions that we then have to live in and endure. So again, uh, people will say, well, oh, oh that's, uh, that, that's terrible because it means, oh, there's not really free will because these laws are in effect and they bind our free will choices. No, we have free will to, to break natural law, but we're, we're going to experience what we've made. We're going to experience the energies that we have put out there. It's been, it's been uh, brought forward in so many different uh, ways or uh, I guess you could say um, uh, also known as, um, you know, uh, uh, phrases. It's been, you know, it's been called karma. It's been called the, uh, you know, you reap what you sow. It's been called the laws of attraction. The energy that you uh, put out uh, into the universe is the energy that you attract back from the universe. So um, it's been put out as, um, you know, uh, as you think, feel, and act, so you will be, and so you will receive from, you know, that which is manifested. Um, because you made it, you manifested it. We collectively ma- manifest this shared reality. N- that's the other thing. The, the, this new age idea that each individual is creating their own separate reality, I don't look at, at as it holds any water at all. We are all together in the aggregate co-creating the collective shared reality that we are all experiencing together, which is why this is a numbers game. It's a quantum effect that is actually being built up. You know, it's each individual piece of of consciousness, which is each individual that's manifested here. We We are making our free will decisions together about how we will go about our lives and how we will live our lives and the behaviors that we will take or not take. And the aggregate of all of those free will decisions come together and form the the large overarching shared reality that we all must experience together. This is why it has been called to, to create this big shift or change in thinking that will ultimately change the behavior and therefore change the manifested results that we're getting from the behavior is, has uh, been referred to many, many times as a quantum shift in the nature of our thinking and therefore in the nature of our reality. Uh, quantum comes from Latin. It means in the Latin language, the word quantum means amount. So in order for there to be a quantum shift to take place, there is a required amount of people that need to stop thinking in the old way that is generating suffering and to begin understanding higher law, cosmic spiritual law, and align themselves with it and start um, um, behaving in such a way that they are not creating the negative reality that we're all experiencing right now because I think we're all in agreement that the majority of this planet is completely out of alignment with uh, the laws of the cosmos and that's why we're seeing the uh, extreme negative uh, consequences that we see in the world today. So what are your thoughts then on you know the, the Illuminati the, excuse me the Illuminati and all these dark forces out there are really going against natural law by using mind control. Yes. What do you see the ramifications for that that mindset in the yeah. long run for them and for those that have been not able to utilize free will based on the level of manipulation that's happened to them. Yes, great question. And uh, I'm going to give a pretty unpopular answer. 
A lot of people don't like what I have to say on this to topic because I do not believe that they will reap the uh, largest uh, repercussions. I believe that they are mostly insulated from the repercussions of natural law. Not entirely, but largely. And the reason for that is this is their, their hedge against this consequence. Okay, and you could you could call this it has been called consequentialism in the past by different philosophers. And I like that. I like that term because that's what it is. This is I tell people the universe is a game of truth and consequences. And do you know what's winning out right now? Consequences are winning out. We're choosing consequences over truth as a species. The dark occultists, or the illuminated ones as they refer to themselves, I don't consider themselves illuminated of anything. They're illuminated as to how it works, yes. That doesn't mean they're the true illuminated ones. I think the people who understand how it works and are going to use it for good are the real illuminated ones. Mm -hmm. But those who understand how it works and use it for evil and for their own selfish benefit, the darkly illuminated ones, let's call them, okay, they have found a way to largely insulate themselves from the repercussions of these governing dynamics. And they do that by getting other people to take the actions for them. Ugh. See, they're not actually doing anything. All they're doing is speaking, writing, speaking, telling other people what to do, putting out a worldview for people to latch on to, and then they are the ones, the people who latch on to their dark worldview, are the ones who are actually doing the behaviors. Right. So karmic justice, karmic law, natural law, is always going to bring down upon the people who are doing the behavior the largest negative consequences. And what again, about like 9-11 so, and just the, you know, that kind of criminal behavior on their part? Right. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, there's no question about it that, um, you know, the manipulations like that are definitely out of uh, bounds with natural law. I'm, I'm in no way defending them or picking up for them. Uh, they are very morally culpable. But what I'm arguing is that those who actually take actions on their behalf are yes. more morally culpable. See, they're both parties are morally culpable. But the, the lion's share of the moral culpability always lies with the people who are taking the action. And this is what we have to understand about natural law. Natural law doesn't care why we took the action. Right. The, 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 whole, the halls of justice in creation do not ask you why did you do what you thought you needed to right. do. It's going to ask you, did you do this? Right. And you have to be able to say yes or no. Did you do this negative behavior? that is against natural law, and you have to say, no, I didn't do that. Or you'd have to admit, yes, I did do that. And ultimately, that's all that matters. And uh, many people do not want to hear that. It's, it's, it's very unpopular. Oh, I think it's brilliant. I mean, it, it's... <laughs> it squarely places the re responsibility firmly where it belongs with each individual on the earth. Yep. We have to be responsible for everything we bring into manifestation and create. And if we don't want that responsibility, guess what? Too bad. We have it whether we want it or not. This is the other thing people have to understand when it comes to natural law. You cannot give away your responsibility to choose and judge about what a moral action is. 
You have to come to that understanding by un, by knowing what a wrongdoing is. Yes. And this is the, the really important part about natural law, is that we have to understand the difference between rights and wrongs in what I, what I call, and many other researchers call, the apophatic sense. Now, this is a term most people have never heard of, but it's so important to understand what apophysis is. Okay, In ancient schools of theology, going all the way back to the mystery traditions of old, there were two basic schools of thought on how one would arrive at an understanding of truth. One method was called apophysis, and one method was called cataphysis. So we have apophatic inquiry and cataphatic inquiry. Okay, So I'll explain the difference between them. Cataphysis or cataphatic thinking means, or cataphatic inquiry means that you are going to look at the um, characteristics of a object or a thing or, or a concept in the positive sense, meaning you're going to look at that and say, this is like this. Okay, this is this, it has this characteristics, it has this characteristic, and you're going to build up a profile based on the affirmation of what you see present. So the cataphatic inquiry is based upon the positive identification of an, an object, a thing, a circumstance, a behavior, etc. As opposed to this cataphatic inquiry, there was an, another school of inquiry in the ancient traditions that was called apophysis. And I'll spell it, A-P-O-P-H-A-S-I-S, apophysis. Apophatic inquiry meant that you are going to describe something in the negative. You are going to say everything that it is not. And this is what it comes from. Apo means away from or the negation of in Greek. And phasis it comes from the Greek uh, 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 verb meaning to speak or to say. So what uh, apophysis means is not to say, or even better, it means to say no. That's what apophysis means, to say no. What you're doing is you're saying that this thing is not like this. It does not have the characteristics of, of this thing, okay? You're describing all of the things in the negative sense, that this thing is nothing like. So, in trying to describe what the divine was, it would say, well, it is not earthly. It is not of the flesh. It is not, um, you know, uh, hate-filled. It is not fear-filled. And, you know, what is left over, after you get done describing everything that it is not, is the essence of the thing, is what it is. This is known as apophatic inquiry. This is the best way that we can understand natural law, and most of all, the best way that we can understand the difference between right and wrong. The knowledge of the difference between right and wrong is conscience. And that's another thing people will you know, think that is, is odd. Well, you're, you're saying that conscience is knowledge instead of behavior. Yes, it is. Conscience is not behavior. Conscience is knowledge. The exercise of conscience is behavior. So the word conscience comes from Latin, con, meaning together or with, and scio sciere in Latin, which means to know or to understand. So when we put it together, we have to know together, to understand together. That's what conscience is, common knowledge, common sense. 
Mm. And it's the common sense knowledge of right versus wrong. What is a right action? What is a wrong action? And these things are not relative. This is a, a big part of Satanism, a big part of dark Luciferianism and the dark occultic worldview is that right and wrong are relative depending on you know the situation. And uh, this idea of moral relativism, what's right for me may not be right for you. And they're trying to obfuscate the meaning of right in a moral sense with right in a, a sense of opinion or like or preference you know so this piece of art or this let's say this um these window dressings for the window on my house may be right for me and not right for you that's not what we mean i'm not using the term right in that sense i'm using in the moral sense and we can't apply relativism when it comes to what we ap appreciate as far as how something looks sounds or feels when it comes to what is right as far as morality is concerned that is objective and there is such a thing as right and wrong. And even a lot, a lot of New Age teachers try to obfuscate this and say, oh, no, it's all relative and it, there's not really right and wrong. We have to get out of that. That's dualistic. That's, you know, that's something that creates division and, and dualism. Well, this is a real dualism that is inherent in nature. Mm. You know, it, th there is such a thing. Right and wrong is one of them. You know, cool. one is based on truth. One is based on uh, absolute fear, lies, and, and deception, and, and mind control. You know, or, and just uh, being existing in total low vibratory consciousness. And one is in harmony with natural law, and is in harmony with goodness, and is is in harmony with life, and and truth and reality. Mm. So, the best way to know the difference is to describe rights or right action in the apophatic sense. The apophatic terminology is the best way to describe what a right is. Or in other words, to put it much more simply, the best way to understand what a right is, is to describe what a right is not, or what a wrong is. We need to know deeply, the, the, the most important knowledge when it comes to natural law, other than that it is in effect and we are bound by it and uh, you know it doesn't make a difference whether we understand it or not we're going to reap the repercussions of it through our behavior we the, the most important thing when it comes to this is to understand that wrongdoing that what is a wrong is the most important question we can ask ourselves what is wrong action what is wrong behavior what is a behavior that i as an individual do not possess the right to take because it causes harm to other people and this mm -hmm. is unfortunately what has been so obfuscated and lost in humanity, that there are people who believe they have rights that they do not have, and, that there, and there are other people who believe that they do not have rights that they do possess and mm -hmm. won't act upon those rights. So, so Mark, I try to explain to people what these right actions are by explaining to them what the wrong actions are and then saying everything that is one of these actions that are wrongs, that cause harm, is not one of your rights. Everything that is left over is one of your rights. Sweet. <laughs> I love all this. Now, it, it leads me to this question. Mm -hmm. Where are we in terms of the collective in in the process from your perspective? I mean, you know, because when you start talking about the difference between right and wrong and what people are thinking, right. um, I'm starting to get a little concerned. So I want to hear from, from your perspective. Where, where does all this put us in relation to, you know, yeah. the, the evolution of the collective? A great question as well. Um, and... Um, 
I will answer very honestly, and again, this probably will not be a popular answer, um, <laughs> because I do not have hope. Uh, I do not have much hope at all. I think that the vast majority of this species is irrevocably um, destroyed in their psyche and in their spirit. And they're, they're so broken that there is no repairing them. Um, I, I believe that the people want their ignorance. They love their ignorance. I think that they love their slavery. I think that they will die to protect their slavery because above all, what they want is to somehow shed the responsibility of judging right and wrong action for themselves, which you are stuck with it and you can never get rid of that. It is like saying, I want to get rid of my heart and still be alive. Well, try, enjoy what you have. You know, enjoy doing that. You know, let me know how that works out for you. But, um, but uh, it's something you cannot simply uh, abdicate. You cannot abdicate personal responsibility. But yet this is what this species has somehow erroneously gotten lodged into its mindset that it can do successfully. And let, let, let me put it a different way. You can attempt to do that. You can attempt not to understand right from wrong for yourself. But you cannot do that without consequence, and namely negative consequence. So in other words, reality can be ignored, but it cannot be ignored without negative consequence. In other words, creation is saying, you will not ignore me. You will pay attention. You will learn and understand. You will grow, or you will reap extreme negative consequences. And that's what humanity is collectively, unconsciously choosing you know, I, I do believe if most people consciously were made aware by hammering it into their head on a constant <laughs> basis, repeating the same thing over and over, and I joke around with people in my personal life. I tell them I call myself Mr. Broken Record. I, I'm, I'm a brow beater. You know, I keep repeating the same things over and over and over and over and over again until they stick. Because if I know it's true in my own experience, I'm going to speak it. You know, uh, someone will have to put a bullet in me until I stop speaking. I will speak and speak and speak and speak and speak and put the truth into the universe by an act of my will, be, uh, uh, you know, or die trying. And <laughs> th this is what I think is lacking. We're lacking doing this. There's not enough. Th that voice isn't strong enough. The voice of deception is much stronger. The voice of moral relativism is... And no, I would, shouldn't use the term stronger. That's, that's erroneous. Let me rephrase that. It's much weaker, but there's more power in the aggregate. See, there's so much more people speaking the lies, the dis deception, the disinformation, okay, than, than there are people who are speaking the truth, which is much more powerful, but still in the aggregate, okay? You know, if you have, you know... Um, a handful of people here speaking the truth, and that creates this much of a quantum effect. You have billions of people who are trapped in the lie, and, and tens of millions of people who are continuing to speak the lie, then that, the universe is always going to respect that level of uh, unity. You know, it's going to bring to us where the, the, the experience where the greatest amount of unity is gathered in the aggregate. That's how natural law operates. And again, this is very, it's very unpopular. I realize that this is very unpopular, but it's true nonetheless. 
Right. They don't want that to be true. They want it to be some other way than it is because that would mean that you know we could sit back, do nothing largely, and somehow things could magically work out for the better. To go back to your question, and this is simply my analysis based on what I would call um, what I would call an accurate um, assessment of the dynamic, the governing dynamics called natural law, and my perspective in as in so far as I am able to determine it of what the large portion of humanity is choosing through their own free will behaviors, I do not see this going well for this species. I, I, I see that we are in such a dark place. I don't know if we could work our way out of this mess at this point. And, you know, I have said up through the years that I thought there was still time to do it. I think we're ready to go over the edge of the cliff and the hammer is getting ready to drop now. Which so is Mark, why I'm, I'm even moving away from the, the, the same thing, saying the same thing over and over again online. And I am really trying to maybe, uh, you know, bring this to people in person, face to face with with direct seminars of people who, you know, try to get reel them in somehow, appeal to ego in some way so that they come and will at least sit in a, in a session and hear uh, an a, intensive breakdown of this with lots of examples and, and physical handouts and paperwork. I'm getting ready to move my, my work into this area of face-to-face interaction and what I would say confrontation. You well, know, I, I don't think that all teachings need to be non-confrontational. I, <laughs> I believe that people should be called on their BS. And the problem yeah. is too few people are willing to call people on their BS. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. So, Mark, let me let me ask you then, if if you're out there and you're stepping up and you're going to be calling people on their BS and you're going to be bringing them in and, and taking the figurative hammer to their heads until they get it, then is are you suggesting that there's some vein of hope? And and what about the people that are conscious and aware of all this? Are are those people going to be brought down, so to speak, by the majority? I mean, is it just anchor, lock, and seal that because the majority is holding this energy, it's just going to sweep all of us with it? Yeah, I think right now that's that's the danger that we're in. The universe won't make a distinguishing between uh, – see, the, the New Age notions of a, a split of Earth's you – know, I, I don't subscribe to that. I think there's one manifested reality that is governed by aggregate choice, by aggregate free will decisions – the people who are choosing, I'm choosing to align myself with natural law. I've aligned my free will with natural law. My reality will not be any different than the reality of all the mind-controlled zombies out there who have not aligned themselves with natural law because the, the collective shared reality is what we are all going to experience, and that is based in numbers. It is based in quantum amounts, or if you will, aggregate amounts. Right. This is highly unpopular when you say this, especially to people who have bought into a lot of New Age teachings when it comes to uh, this notion. Um, the, the, the physical reality that we're experiencing is the same as the spiritual reality. The rea- it is a, the manifestation of the underlying spiritual reality. This is what people need to understand. So. This I, the schism of the the spiritual and the physical are totally separate, and one is 
tantamount to the other. That is a du- dualistic nature. That is a schism that needs to be challenged. The, 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 the spiritual reality underlies and gives form to the physical reality. They are one and the same. One is simply a manifestation, or if you will, one is a result or a, a, an effect of the underlying causal factor, which is our free will decisions based in the spiritual, uh, in our spiritual understanding. So, so back to your question, um, uh, that uh, do I see any hope? I see hope only because the only reason I see any hope is because enough people seemingly grasp at least the sacred masculine pillar of the dual pillar of the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine. And part of what my, my, uh, my um, presentation at the Free Your Mind conference is going to be about is the suppression of the sacred masculine. That's what, my, like, I've extensively talked on the, the, the suppression of the sacred feminine. I'm going to get into what in our world is suppressing the sacred masculine. Awesome. Because if we don't understand that the, the, uh, the self-defense principle is as inherent to creation and is as inherent to our natural law rights as is the non-aggression principle. The non-aggression principles of do not cause others harm, leave people alone, do not uh, initiate undue force against someone when you had no right to take any action against them. This is the non-aggression principle. In other words, don't start any problems and there won't be any problems. It's very simple. It's almost so simple as to be ridiculous. Okay, But that's the sacred feminine principle, that we have a right to do as we please so long as we are not ingressing upon someone else's inherent rights by uh, uh, usurping their free will, taking their freedom away, taking their choices away, and basically doing violent uh, action against them. This is the non-aggression principle, or if you will, it is the sacred feminine pillar of of free will choice, okay, of our ability to make decisions for ourselves. And th- the problem is the very left brain among us don't respect that principle. The psychopathic among us don't respect that principle. The people who are just petty power mongers and, you know, want to accumulate petty personal power over others because they have deep self-loathing within themselves, they don't want to respect the sacred feminine. They don't want to re- respect the non-aggression principle. But there's a whole other class of people who want to throw out the other pillar of of free will, which is the the, the self-defense principle, or what I call the sacred masculine principle. And this is, if you are being aggressed upon, your natural law rights are being aggressed upon, and violence or the threat of violence is being conducted against you, then you have a right to defend yourself with physical force if necessary. Because, again, these other people have violated cosmic spiritual law, and there's no magic divine hand that's going to just come out of the sky and smite these people. This is up to us to handle this situation. And where my only hope comes in is that I feel that there are still enough people, at least in America... You know, America is perhaps unique in this regard. At least in America, there seem to be enough people who still grasp the sacred masculine principle. Maybe because it's a a very left brain imbalanced nation. You know, um, 
M- many of these people will not even grasp to the, the, the full extent the sacred feminine principles and the principles of non-aggression. They, I think, need more coaching and schooling on those aspects of, of natural law. But uh, at least to an extent, they deeply grasp the self-defense principle. And I think what, they, what the powers that be have started in a very miscalculated sense is attempting to defang and declaw American citizens by taking, trying to pass legislation to take away firearms, which are a deeply held tradition here. And they're not going to be able to get that done without consequence. And in all honesty, today, that's the only reason I have any hope. Not because Americans are so moral, not because they're so intelligent, not because they're so courageous, not because they have so much willpower and drive to do the right thing but because we are the most armed country in the world. And that is the only reason that I have any hope for not only America, but for the whole world. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about what you feel is the most obvious manipulation that's hidden right in front of our eyes? So that if you know people are just wanting to share this type of information, they can point out the obvious? To those yes. that are kind of blind to it? Absolutely. And I, where I would start, instead of even breaking down different uh, methodologies of manipulation, which I went over again through, throughout the course of about a year and a half in my various podcasts on these topics, I could throw some of them out, but I want to come back to one overarching one. You know, there's the obfuscation of concepts, principles, and words. There's worldview poisoning, which again is throwing out these dark worldviews for people to latch onto and you know, get them to buy into, like randomness or determinism, or um, the notion that uh, it's always been like this, so it always has to be like this. Change is impossible. You know, n- nothing is is predetermined. Things are determined by our personal choices in the aggregate. Again, you know, if it only affects us in, in our lives, it's, if it's a small choice then you know we're going to be creating something in our lives that may not have a ripple effect and go out and affect everybody else. But when it comes to rights, when it comes to understanding natural law, that's a, a ripple effect that goes out throughout the entire world. And in the aggregate, it is, it is built up and ultimately shared in the shared manifestation that we experience. So uh, th- they prey upon us through primal fears, the manipulation of primal fears. The, the biggest one above all else is the fear of chaos. I'm going to talk a lot about this at the Free Your Mind conference, um, that people think that all of these uh, controls need to be in place because they want to try to sanitize the world, you know, to bring it down to the safety of a two-year-old. You know, and that's not what the world is intended to be. The physical world is always going to be a place where dangers lurk, you know, because we are living in a physical manifestation. Um, it's not supposed to be sanitized to the level of perfect safety. If you're looking for that, you're looking for something that doesn't exist anywhere in all creation. You know, we have to be willing to at least accept the possibility of the manifestation of chaos for there to be any true growth or for there to be any understanding of real freedom. You know, we have to get out of that fear of chaos. They they constantly prey upon, uh, are preying on us with that, injecting that, Fear constantly into the human population's mass psychology, and uh, 
The fear of chaos is the deepest underlying uh, psychological fear that has been with humanity uh, since it has existed here on this planet. They have the divide and conquer strategy, the uh, you know of uh, having everybody look at all the differences in people instead of the things that actually unite them and the ways that they're the same because they want to keep people warring with each other so that their power is diminished. They're easier to control that way. You know, you have the monetary system. I mean, we could do 10 shows on that and how immoral it is and how much control that takes over people. Control of the mass media, propaganda, you know, control of the so-called educational system, which is all about um, embedding worldviews and embedding certain uh, concepts into people's mind uh, at very young ages so that it's very difficult for them to break those patterns of thinking. You know, and you know, then you have the physical stuff. You have the 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 pollution of food. You know, the total degradation of food in the world. And food's what builds our bodies, and it ultimately builds our minds. It builds our brain. We make our decisions based on the quality of our brain and how the brain is built and the connections that are built within the brain. And that's all deter. That's largely determined by the the purity and quality of the food and water that we eat and drink. And uh, you know that that's highly polluted. You know, you have the, the toxic spraying into the atmosphere, the electromagnetic pollution. I mean, we can go on and mm -hmm. on and on and on about the methods of manipulation. But the, the one overarching thing I want to give people an example of is it's about self-ownership. All rights are property rights. The right to life, your life, is your property. The right to liberty, freedom... Your freedom is your property. It's a gift that was given to you by the creator of the universe. You have the gift of freedom and free will choice. It's not anybody's to take away. Okay? Um, uh, and property. You have things that you own that you acquired uh, lawfully and, you know, through the sweat of your brow. And people don't have a right to just come and take those things away from you. You really break it down. All rights are property rights. And all wrongs are theft. So th this is the overarching dynamic of natural law to understand. All rights are property rights. All wrongs are a form of theft. So l let me let me give an exa few examples. Okay. Um, this computer that I'm using to speak to you through, this is my property. I acquired it. My information is in it. I set it up. It belongs to me. No one has a right to come and take this piece of property. If they did, without my consent, that would be called theft. That means I was stolen from, and that's a wrong. No one has that right to take that action. Real simple, almost everyone would universally agree. Now, let's look at something like rape, a very hideous, heinous crime. Okay, No one has the right to rape anyone else, because by definition what rape is is the usurpation of someone else's free will choice to sexually associate with whom they will. It's violence. You're saying you're conducting an act of violence, just like the person who stole a piece of property out of my house. Let's say they stole a computer. That's an act of violence. You violated my right not to have my property taken away from me without just cause, without any kind of right to do so. Okay? You took something that didn't belong to you. So in the case of rape, it's also theft. You took that individual's freedom to sexually associate with whom they choose from them. You usurped their free will. You took their free will. Okay, You had no right to do that. And therefore, that's theft. That's why it's a wrong, because it's theft. 
All wrongs are theft. I tell people, people say, the way you describe natural law, it's still too complicated. Give it to me in a simpler way, which I created that little working definition. You know, natural mm-hmm. law is the binding universal conditions that uh, govern the consequences of behavior. That's still too complicated. Give it to me simpler. I could explain all natural law in two words. Don't steal. That's it. It all comes down to theft because all rights are property rights. All violations of rights are theft. Let's look at um, let's look at um, drug laws. Okay, one of the things I have one of the biggest pet peeves about. This is someone saying arbitrarily with certain substances in certain places at certain times. You may not put this into your body. Well, is that or is that not a claim of ownership? Now, people's mind never stays with the principle. The principle is that the passing of a drug law is a claim of ownership. And again, I said this all comes back down to self-ownership. This is about property rights. Okay, when when you go when you explain to someone. Put aside what you – your mind is jumping into the future and is projecting and saying, well, if that person's in this state of mind, they might do this. Again, fear of chaos. Might happen, might not happen. But that's where people's mind immediately goes. Well, that's not what we're talking about. The law isn't about you can't get drunk and then go beat somebody up for no reason. Of, you can't go beat somebody up for no reason whether you're drunk or not drunk. So the taking of the substance doesn't excuse the behavior. Okay, you're still responsible for what you did. So in the in the event of drug laws, in the example of drug laws, that we're sticking to the principle. A law is being written down by man saying you may not put this into your body. That is a claim that is being made on your body. Either if you own your body and it is your property. Okay, now now I ask this to people and I'm horrified, almost universally horrified almost all the time that there isn't a, an immediate snap of the finger comeback when I ask people the question do you own your body is your body your own property I feel that if someone doesn't immediately spit back yes absolutely definitely and without question that there is something seriously deeply psychologically disturbed in that individual <laughs> they, are, they are in a schism to begin with they are in a total psychological schism if they don't understand the concept that your body belongs to you, to your consciousness. You know, people get into these ontological arguments about, well, the body is, is, is temporary and it's, you know, who owns anything because, you know, you're not, you can't be here permanently. I get all that. I understand that. That's not the sense that I'm talking about ownership in. See, while I am in the physical manifested reality called life here on earth, my consciousness, my spirit is inhabiting this physical flesh form, this vehicle called the physical body. And therefore, for all intents and purposes, while I'm using it, it's my property. That's the definition of what property is anyway. It's something that you happen to be using now. I'm, this computer is my property, not because there's something inherent that connects me and it on some kind of a deep, uh, you know, spiritual level. Well, it's it's a tool that I'm using. My information is there. I'm using it for storage. I'm using it for communication. I'm using it for publishing. Therefore, it's mine. That's what makes it my property. Well, I'm using my body. 
to speak, to interact with other people, to learn, to grow, you know, to, to help teach, uh, you know, uh, deep concepts about natural law to others. Therefore, I'm using my body. My consciousness is using it. My spirit is using it. Therefore, for all intents and purposes, it is mine. I own it until I relinquish it upon my physical death. And then it, it goes back into the, 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 the physical recycling you know, that the earth does. But, and my consciousness moves on. But while I'm in it, you better believe this body belongs to me, to my consciousness. And therefore, it's my property. So when, when you say, do you own your body? Well, if you do admit that you own your body, how can anyone else be allowed to tell you what you may or may not put into it? If that action is affecting you, then by definition, you get to make the decision about what you want to do with your property. It would be like somebody saying, you can't put any stickers on the bumper of your car, or you can't put any stickers inside your car, you know, or you can't take the upholstery up on your seats in your car and put new upholstery in. You know, well, if it's your property, you can most certainly do that. If it's not your property, then you don't have any right to do that. And what 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 drug laws are is a claim of ownership, of physical ownership on the body of another person. And that's called slavery. And this is what people think, slavery. They hear the word and all oh, there's a knee-jerk reaction. And they say, "Well, your uh, uh, slavery is this thing. It's 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 being in physical shackles and chains and being whipped. And if that's what people think slavery is, they're very very naive. If they think there's only that's a form of slavery, absolutely. Don't get me wrong, but people think that that's the only form of slavery. And when you say slavery, it can't mean anything else. It can't mean that you are being physically violently coerced in some other way. Slavery is the simple fact. Someone else is telling you. If you put this substance into your body and I found it, find it, found out you did it, I'm going to take your body and cage it somewhere to, to the amount of time I feel is appropriate to teach you that, hey, we own your body. You're going to put into it or not put into it what we tell you you're going to put into it or not put into it. And if you disobey and think you have a right to disobey because you actually think you own your own body, we're going to physically throw you into a cage. You know, this is why drug laws are one of the things that get under my skin, perhaps more than anything else. But another thing that gets under, perhaps even bigger, is property taxes. And this is this is a it's an oxymoron in the term. See, this is mind control. Mind control is you can actually even come out with a term called property tax, and it can be accepted at all because these are antitheses that the concept of property and a tax are total antitheses of each other. So let's go back to the example of, of a computer, okay? You own a computer. You're speaking to me through a computer right now, okay? If I told you, listen, that computer there that you think is your property, um. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to provide a service for that computer because, you know, I'm a technical support person. I, I am, actually. I, I do technical support work to earn uh, fake money called Federal Reserve notes <laughs> to eat food. Okay? So um, I, I'm skilled with a computer. I know the technical ins and outs of a computer. I can fix problems when they arise. Okay? What if I told you, I'm your technical support person, whether you want it or not, and you owe me $100 per year, 
And if my rate goes up next year, it'll be 150 or 200 or whatever I tell you it is, okay? You will pay it, or I will come and confiscate that computer and possibly throw you into a cage. You would look at me like three heads were growing out of my neck, and probably if I tried to come and take that property, you'd probably do some physical behavior to stop me from doing it or put me down so I wouldn't be able to come in and violate your rights. Yet, this is what people... I submit to every single day when it comes to property taxes. So, so Mark, let's hold on one sec. Let's let's yeah. rein it in a little bit. Here's here's what I want to know because, and I'm I'm so in agreement on the 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 laws that affect my body when it's not affecting anyone else. I'm I'm right there with you. Property taxes. Um, I mean, all taxes. I'm I'm right yeah. there. So so here we are. It's it's. 2013, you know, we've just come through whatever energetic we've come through. We're in a brand new one. What are we to do? What are we, what are the listeners to do? And, and you got to speak to some different levels here also because there, there's, there's different levels of awareness. And, and what you're talking about is, is, you know, really encompassing all those different levels. But what is the practical advice for us? And 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 how do we how do we move this forward and possibly increase the amount of hope that you have? Okay, practical advice. The first thing you have to do, the first law of all of this is know the self. You have to come to understand you. You have to understand your mindset, where it is right now, where you're going to start from, have an idea of maybe where you want to get it to, understand all of the underlying psychological, the deep-seated psychological motivations that make you cling on to something that is not true and justify it. See, in, in natural law, there is only truth or justifications. And justifications create consequences in the big truth or consequences game that we're all playing. I tell people, everyone either truly understands freedom where they are advocating slavery in some form or fashion, and they are advocating wrongs being conducted against people with impunity, meaning when they believe in the concept of authority. This is the first place people need to get their minds out of. There is no such thing as the concept of authority that is inherent to mankind or any three-dimensional beings at all. There is no such thing as authority. The, the concept of authority is, the erroneous concept of authority that does not exist in nature, is some people are masters that get to make up the rules that they say are the way things are, okay? And other people have a moral obligation to obey them. They're called their, their subjects. And if they don't obey them, then violent behavior can be conducted against them, whether they were hurting anybody or not. Okay, so that's what authority is. It's not my opinion of what authority is. It's what it is. And if people are honest, they will be honest with themselves. Yes, that's what authority is. See, the absence of authority does not mean the absence of rules. This is the other dark worldview that people have bought into. There are always rules because there's always natural law. There's always going to be the consequences of breaking the rules, the true rules, because there's always natural law in effect and we're always bound by it. Man does not, has never and never has to or should write down laws because you're, you're, you're usurping the role of God Yay. by doing that. 
That's all it comes down to. Either you understand natural law and you align yourself with it and live according to it, or you don't understand it. That's it. There's no in-between. What, what the practical advice is, you need to get yourself to a full, full understanding of what the laws of the cosmos actually are. Not what you think they are, not what you want to believe that they are, not what you're, where you're comfortable with going to going about what, what they actually are. But you need to align your perception to the reality of them. And people will say, well, though, I think that's impossible. And I, I retort to that with the concept of, well, you think God made the universe to eternally torment people as to how it operates? You know, that's what people believe. They believe natural laws are unknowable because that, that God made those and therefore man can't really know what they yes, are. And it's the most familiar. <laughs> yeah. So I can mean, you... I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's a nonsensical idea. Why would the creator of the universe put laws into effect to guide our decision-making so that we can learn and grow from the decisions that we make and understand when we're on the right path? Oh, suffering manifests, so I better not go down that path. I better change and, and do this instead, you know, do the opposite of what I just did there because that got me the wrong result. That's what making a mistake is all about. Which I'm not saying that should be allowed. We shouldn't be allowed to make mistakes. There should be forgiveness for making mistakes. But when people continuously stay attached and keep choosing the wrong over the right, you know, there, this concept in the New Age movement of infinite forgiveness, and then people just keep doing the same wrong thing over and over and over and over, and you're not going to actually take any action to do something to stop them. That's not forgiveness. That's called naivete or at best, and complicity with evil at worst. So, you know, I mean, it comes down to sometimes physical action has to be taken to stop psychopathic behavior from being conducted. And we have the right to do that in the sacred masculine principle of self-defense. That's part of the divine laws of creation just as much as the non-aggression principles, the sacred feminine principles are. We can't just focus on half the equation. We have to put them both, both of these pillars, both of these halves need to come together to create the holistic synergy that all natural law is comprised of. And uh, uh, so one of the practical things is, I tell people this first and foremost, before you could even start doing any of this or even thinking at this level, you need to clean up the diet. The diet has to be cleaned up first. If, if Again, the brain, which is our reasoning computer, Okay, If it has viruses injected into it through poisoned food and poisoned water, the brain's not going to be operate, operating on full capacity. It's going to be a computer with malware in it. A computer with malware in it slows down. It becomes retarded by all of the malware, meaning slowed down to a crawl. Okay, Its progress, its forward progress has become retarded by the malware, the infection, the, the systemic infection that it has. One of the best ways you can go about clearing up that systemic infection is get on the sources of pure, as pure and clean food and water as possible. Because you're, you're, you're having respect, you're developing respect for the physical vehicle. The physical vehicle is what all of the divine guidance comes through. It has to work its way through the ethers and come down into the physical vehicle and then operate through the brain. And if the brain is all sludged up with a chemical cocktail of excitotoxins and, and uh, poisons and, and chemical fertilizers and additives and pesticides, etc., uh, you know, 
and artificial sweeteners, then that is all going to have an effect upon the brain and its ability to compute the right thing to, mm-hmm. and ultimately for us to do the right thing. So clean up the diet. Secondly, we have to understand what we take in, what our physical makeup is all uh, comprised of, and what our the, the quality of our thoughts are determined by is not just the physical mechanisms. It's not just what we take into our body physically. It's what we take in through what we pay attention to, what we read, what we watch on on uh, television or any other form of a screen or media device. Okay, what we listen to. Uh, who we talk to, the kind of people we hang out with and associate with. All these people's ideas go into us and are, are helping to comprise the totality of our worldview and our makeup. We have to clean up the information that we allow to come into ourselves. Get on to good, quality information that's not based on total fear, that's not based on, on lies, disinformation. And it can be very difficult to do that because there's so much out there and you know a lot of people have partial pictures – a lot of people are deliberately throwing out this information out into the mix. You, I tell people, you'll know the heart of a, of a person. You listen to them long enough. You, you don't just listen to one thing that they have to say and decide whether you like it or, or not. You listen to a lot of it. You know, Download a lot of Laura and Mark's podcast. Download a lot of my podcast. Listen to a lot of, of internet radio, a, a particular show. And try to understand where the person is coming from, the the basis of what they're attempting to explain and teach. And you'll get a sense of their heart by listening to them, just like you get a sense of someone's heart that you hang out with for, you know, uh, uh, weeks at a time or months at a time in your your everyday daily life. You'll get that same intuitive, if you're open, you'll get that same intuitive understanding from paying attention to people's material over a long period of time. So that's some practical advice. Then what you have to do is take that knowledge and convert it into action. You can't just say, I know, and it's good enough that I know. You have to actually get involved in doing something and bringing the material in a big way to other people. Make a website. Make a a YouTube channel. uh, Write a book. Make a documentary. Go out on the street with pamphlets. Make a form a meetup group, you know, and discuss these ideas with people in person. Host a documentary night. There's so many things that people can get involved with and do. Go get involved in the freedom movement in your area, whatever uh, you know brand of that you happen to want to get behind. Just to talk about these things with other people, and then talk about it with your own family members. See, this is a continuous war. The the, the idea of reaching out to the people who are closest to you who don't want to hear what you have to say perhaps more than anybody else because you know they'll say oh who is this person I, they grew I grew up around them my whole life who are they to try to tell me that my behavior is wrong or what I'm thinking or doing is wrong you get the most blowback you get the most uh, forceful you know pushback when you approach people you are the closest to even uh, in many cases people's uh, spouses that they've been with for years that's the, the hardest interaction, and it's the hardest dynamic to overcome. But people with true courage will go forward with that and never stop saying the truth to their family members. There are family members I've been working on for 10 years, and it's almost <laughs> like they're, it's a labor. When I, when I speak to them, it is a laborious, <laughs> painful process. And I'm never going to stop. I told them the only way you can get me to stop saying these things to you is to say I want no interaction. I get I give them an ultimatum. I tell them an ultimatum. And you say I well, I want to hear nothing you have to say, Mark. You will never see me again. 
You'll uh-huh. never see me again. I will leave you alone forever. And that's all you need to say. Not one of them has ever said it to me, though. Oh my all God. I say is please say you never want to hear anything I have to say again. You will never hear from me ever again. But as long as I'm present and you're still in this mindset, I'm going to try to help you. Yeah, I love it. Now, Mark, um, tell our listeners where they can find you online, where they can listen to your show. I mean, uh, just what you have coming up. Um, I, I want to hear a plug for um, the conference and everything. Just give us all the, the info. Definitely. Well, my main website is whatonearthishappening.com. Um, there you will find, uh, I believe there are uh, uh, 11 or 12 uh, full-length videos. I think they're all over a couple of hours, at least some of them are up to three hours. Uh, that will, is, is an introduction to the type of material that I talk about. The, the, the very heart, the, the, the real meat and potatoes, so to speak, of the material is on the podcast page on my website. Now, I used to do a weekly radio show every week on different networks. I was on Revolution Broadcasting, then the uh, Intel Hub Network, and then the uh, Oracle Broadcasting Network. I've since stopped doing a live radio show, and like you're, like uh, 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 Dr. Dream and Laura, I have uh, decided to go with an, an independent podcast that I just produced myself and posted to my website. And I'm, I'm doing it on an irregular basis now because mostly of all of the work that I'm putting into organizing the Free Your Mind Conference, so mm-hmm. I haven't had that much time to dedicate to this right now, and I felt that... I was kind of burning out a little bit, and I needed to step back from things and reevaluate some things, and uh, you know, get a handle on on uh, you know balance in my life. So uh, I stepped back from that a bit. I haven't done a podcast in in almost a month. I'm going to be uh, doing another one very soon. So look out for new ones coming out. And uh, after the conference, I'll probably go back to a semi semi regular schedule with them. But um, you know, I'm kind of taking it easy for now as far as that's concerned. But right now, there are already 139 two-hour podcasts posted to the site. So there oh, is a excellent. tremendous amount of in-depth material. And I mean, this is this is given in a, a stepwise progression that is kind of like a college course. You know, it's, it's a prerequisite information explained first, and then we go into the deeper material as the podcasts progress forward. So I always suggest to people to listen from podcast number one, and they will, uh, the ta- tapestry will be established. It will be woven as you move forward, and that's very important. Don't try to take them out of order. M- move forward in sequence. Um, so that's my website, whatonearthishappening.com. There's also a lot of supplemental materials. There's um, books with the podcast. There's uh, images that go along with them, slideshows. You just click on the images, and a little slideshow pops up for each podcast. So if you're sitting at your computer, you can look at all of the uh, images that go along with each one. And uh, you know, charts and graphics and concepts are deeply explained through those images. Um, So my second website and the big conference that I've uh, hosted in the past and uh, I'm helping to co-host this this year in April is Free Your Mind, the Free Your Mind Conference. And this is the website is freeyourmindconference.com. Free Your Mind 2, this is the second big conference here in Philadelphia that we're doing. It's called A Conference on Consciousness 
mind control, and the occult. We're going to have speakers from all over the country, whistleblowers from all over the country, coming forward, sharing their personal experiences, uh, explaining to people the nature of these dynamics as such as we've been talking about here today and proposing empowering solutions and practical means of people to put this information at work in their lives and help to change the world for the better and help to get out of the, the, the mess in consciousness that we've collectively co-created for ourselves and build the world that is based upon true freedom. So this is coming up in Philadelphia, April 25th, 26th, and 27th. Free your mind to... 24 speakers, including myself, Dr. Dream, Laura Eisenhower, Kathy O'Brien, um, Mark Phillips, um, uh, Jan Irvin, Sonia Barrett, Freeman, Freder X, uh, Jim Fetzer, uh, Jay Parker, Larkin Rose. The list goes on and on and on. Oh, and Fritz Springmeier and many others. I mean, it's going to be an incredible event. You plan to be there if you're in the Philadelphia area or even if you're not. You can get your tickets at freeyourmindconference.com. I can't even tell you how excited we are to be part of this conference. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Awaken the Dream tonight. And um, just honor your um, – we, we honor your perspective, love getting it out there, and uh, it gives us all a lot to think about. And, and again, thank you so much. Yes, Dr. you're Lamar, amazing. Thank you thank so you much for having so me. Much. Anytime. Thank incredible you very much. Incredible information. Really incredible. Can't wait to see you. Absolutely. It's going to be a great conference in April.